This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Back with a new episode and joined by our Play Like a Jet host, Scott Mason, to update everything going on at New York Jets training camp, some trade rumors swirling around the team, and much more. Going to go about 20, 25 minutes or so. If you have not yet, subscribe, rate, review. This podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. And make sure you subscribe to our premium podcast, Badlands, hosted by myself and Connor Rogers. New episode just dropped on the feed with us talking to Connor Hughes of The Athletic. That's available at turnonthejets.podbean.com, $9.99 for a one-year subscription. And we got about 30 or so episodes on the feed now, and we'll have plenty more to come on both this feed and the Badlands feed. We are about two weeks into training camp. Uh, The New York Jets have had, unfortunately, a handful of injuries, but also some positive stories coming out of camp about the prospective growth of Quentin Williams, how Makai Becton has looked as a rookie, There is currently some rumblings that they are very much in the mix to trade for Yannick Ngakwe. Don't want to get our hopes up too much, but we will definitely discuss that. Scott, you've been cranking through these daily podcasts and spend a lot of time talking to the beat. What has risen to the top for you as the most interesting storyline so far in training camp? The Makai Becton learning experience, I think, is probably the most interesting thing. What you keep hearing is that Jordan Jenkins is getting the better of Makai Becton on a variety of different plays, and a lot of it has to do with just savvy and knowing how to use his hands and his leverage. These are things that you kind of like to hear, even though it's weird that you would want to hear that Becton is losing in situations to Jenkins. You like to hear it because it means that he's finally seen things that he never saw at Louisville, and it will sharpen him up for the regular season. You'd rather see this happen now during training camp where he can learn and Pollock can help him iron that stuff out then see it later on during the regular season where it could really cause a problem. I think that's probably the most interesting thing that I've been hearing about other than what's depressing, which of course is the injuries to the wide receivers. So I think if we're looking at the downside here, the most interesting and depressing part is what's going on with that group, but the most fascinating and potentially most exciting even though again it's weird to be excited about a guy losing some reps at train camp is what's going on with Becton and how he's learning from his experiences going up against Jenkins. It's both interesting and exciting uh, to have a first round rookie talked about the way they're talking about Becton and I I tweeted this earlier this week and I I love the pick and I do think he's going to have some bumps his rookie year I just think that's inevitable with how this offseason has been but I really do think he can be, if he's developed right and reaches his potential, a DeBrickishaw Ferguson 2.0 type player for this franchise. And that's a high compliment. And maybe some young Jet fans are sleeping on what the value of Ferguson was for a decade plus here as a starting left tackle on some excellent offensive line units that carried the Jets to the playoffs and to multiple AFC championship games. Becton is better athletically than Ferguson. The question is, can he get there technically? And I think he can be that type of player for them long-term, regardless of if he has some rough patches as a rookie. So 
Uh, you know, if there's one thing I am really excited about and think Jet fans are going to be leaving this year feeling good about, it is Makai Becton's future. Now, positions that we very consistently talked about being problematic, again, feel like they're going to be problematic. We knew wide receiver depth was going to be an issue. Vincent Smith is now out likely for two months. Denzel Mims has been hurt. The team has added Chris Hogan. There's rumors they might add Dante Moncrief, who cannot catch a football despite being a wide receiver. There's a lot of Jeff Smith action uh, at camp, and it kind of sucks for Sam Darnold. Now, some of this can be mitigated by Chris Herndon uh, being the player he was down the stretch in 2018 and Le'Veon Bell being in the mix as a pass catcher. But receiver, I feel like, is going to be a problem area all year because there will be injuries here. And I just feel like we're going to have some games that are like the Chicago Bears game in Darnold's rookie year where you're like, who is out there at receiver for this team right now? Even if they make another move to get a Moncrief or bring Demarius Thomas back. And then a cornerback, you know, despite some additions, I do think there's going to be a lot of rotation and movement at that other outside spot. I think Desir is locked in as the one corner, but... I think you're going to see a mix of Austin and Arthur Mollett and Quincy Wilson, and I don't know how much stability they're going to be able to find there. Uh, so I think that could be a problematic area. We'll see. Brian Poole's been out a few days with dehydration. Shouldn't be anything serious on that end, and I do think the Jets are going to run a lot of three-safety looks to get Ashton Davis out there. But corner and receiver are going to be positions uh, positions to watch, along, of course, uh, with offensive line and maybe – we get an improved edge rusher if the Jets are actually for real on this Ngakwe trade talks. What's your gut reaction? Did the Jets actually make a move here? My initial thoughts are probably not, but what are your thoughts on it? This would be such a weird non-Joe Douglas type of move if they did it, mostly because they can't extend Ngakwe right now. So they'd be trading for him with the hope that they could convince him to stay long-term. The problem with that is, as we've seen with Anthony Barr and all these other guys, even if they had like a quote-unquote wink-wink handshake deal, there's nothing guaranteed. So for a team that doesn't seem to be ready to make a Super Bowl run or anything like that, to give up what was rumored to be a second-round pick for Ngakwe, it just doesn't seem like a Joe Douglas type of move. Now, having said that, Joe, Michael Lombardi, as we know, is generally fairly reliable, so... If he says the Jets are, at the very least, exploring this, I think they probably are. And I'll say this. I don't know that I would make this move because if you're going to do this, and I've said this many times on Play Like a Jet, I would just sign Jadavian Clowney to a one-year deal, and then you don't have to give up any draft picks. I understand Ngakwe is a better pass rusher than Clowney, but still, Clowney with no draft picks versus Ngakwe with draft picks, it seems like Clowney is the easy answer there. But... I think even if they were to give up a second-round pick, you would have a hard time not getting excited because even though it's risky, you don't know if Ngakwe is going to stick around beyond 2020. Boy, would it be exciting to watch this guy here because the Jets haven't had a pass rusher in Ngakwe's league since Abraham. And let me just say, for anybody that was around to watch Sean Abraham, Abraham went healthy much better pass rusher than Ngakwe. And that's not any knocking Ngakwe. It's just Abraham was a legit top five, ten-ish pass rusher when he was healthy. He was absolutely incredible. The Jets haven't had anybody near that since they traded him and were able to use that draft pick to get Nick Mangle. So while it would be a risk to trade a second-round pick for a guy that you don't know 
is even going to be around here. To have somebody like that that you know the opposing quarterback has to be scared of is something that we haven't seen in a long time. It would be a lot of fun in 2020. Yeah, like you said, it's been a long time since they've had this kind of pass rusher. Um, So they have a lot of draft capital coming out of the Jamal Adams trade. I don't know what the long-term, you know, commitment could end up being like, and that's definitely a question, and it wouldn't necessarily vibe up with some of the other moves that they made, but he's young, and he could get after the quarterback, and the Jets have not had enough of that for a long time, so would be an exciting domino to fall and, you know, add some more juice to a defense that lost Jamal Adams and lost C.J. Mosley. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a curious thing to to keep an eye on and would be a really big domino to fall this close to the season when I don't think most of us were expecting that to happen. But look, you know, Joe Douglas was able to find a way to get it done with Jamal Adams. Uh, They're clearly in the mix here. Um, We'll see if anything actually breaks through. Now, going back to uh, some players who are currently on the team, uh, we know there's going to be a lot more contact in these next couple weeks or so as everyone tries to get ready uh, for the start of the regular season, have your expectations at all shifted in any major way, you know, really since the NFL draft? Or do you think, you know, with everything that's happened from, you know, Adams to Mosley to some of the other minor additions to the early things you're hearing at a training camp, have your general expectations shifted at all um, for this team heading into the regular season? Yeah, I actually think the Jets are going to make the playoffs now, Joe, because they have Jeff Smith. And once you add Jeff Smith to a roster, no matter who else is on that roster, you know that that team is going to be in contention for a playoff spot by decree. By the way, Joe, I have to throw this in there real quick because I know of all people you would appreciate this the most. Whenever I hear the name Jeff Smith, I just think of that scene in The Sopranos when Tony's talking about the possibility of going into witness protection with Carmel, and he goes, is that what you want? You want to move to Idaho so we can be Mr. and Mrs. Mike Smith? That's all I could think of is Jeff Smith as the guy that uh, Tony Soprano could have become if he'd gone into witness protection. But no, in all seriousness, Joe, my expectations haven't changed at all. I think most likely they're probably going to be a five to seven win team, depending on what happens. But I think that ultimately what this boils down to is how good does Darnold become this year? And also on top of that, what happens with the other teams in the division, especially the Patriots because of all those opt-outs. So while my expectations haven't changed, the potential for them to outpace my expectations has changed, if that makes sense. I think that's fair. Um, You know, I think I'm still kind of in the same ballpark. You know, I've been saying seven and nine for a while. It still feels like six or seven. Uh, I think like many teams are going to deal with injuries this year and they're dealing with one of the more unique seasons ever. So that's not going to be a unique qualifier for them. Uh, I think that some things are lined up to break well for them in terms of a guy like Quinn and Williams taking a big leap and their defense still being good, despite not having Mosley or Adams. I also think that while their schedule has some challenging portions, it's a bit overblown exactly how hard it will be at this point, simply because of how home field advantage could be impacted by the overall situation. And I also think the quality of quarterback that they're facing is going to vary a lot. And there are some question marks with some of the guys that they're playing. So I do think this will be a defense that will 
hover around that top 10, top 13 DVOA range, uh, which is going to keep them in a lot of games and was the main reason they won seven games last year. So they feel in that six, seven, maybe eight range uh, with Darnold being the key X factor. And I think Darnold will make strides this year. The question is just how big are those strides? And I do think we're excited about Becton. There's still some real question marks on this offensive line. You have four new starters. You're still going to have George Fan at right tackle. I'd still argue that they're generally a touch below league average at guard. And you get Buffalo's defensive line and San Francisco's defensive line the first two weeks of the year. And if those guys are blowing up the Jets' offensive line, it's going to make life really hard for Darnold. So um, it's a lot like last year. You have to find a way to beat Buffalo in week one because if you don't, it could get ugly pretty quick like it did last year. And I know a lot of Jet fans are looking past the San Francisco game and saying Colts, Broncos, those should be really winnable games. The Colts and Broncos are looking at the Jets and saying that's a really winnable game. I also think people are sleeping on just how talented that Colts roster is. So uh, it's going to be a great measuring stick for them week one against Buffalo. And uh, can the Jets get in a situation where they beat a team who made the playoffs last year and who a lot of people are picking to win the AFC East? And uh, if Darnold can clearly outplay Allen, uh, I think there's a pathway where they should be able to win that game. I don't think narrowly outplaying him is enough. I think he needs to heavily outplay him, which I think from a talent perspective, he's capable of doing. So I'm just at this point, fingers crossed on no more major injuries. Let's get Mims back, get him a couple weeks of practice under his belt because they really need him at wide receiver, which is a dangerous place to be in with a second round rookie. I just don't want to see Darnold out there in a three wide with you know, Hogan, Perryman, and Crowder and be one injury away uh, from having to give a guy like Jeff Smith or Berrios major reps. I just, I think those limitations are going to show when you have Allen out there throwing to Brown and Beasley and Stephon Diggs uh, and some of these other weapons that these younger quarterbacks have. It's frustrating. And I do think Herdman is going to be heavily integrated. And I hope that starts right from week one. And it's not something we're talking about as being a problem. Uh, but I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how this team game plans and shows up against a Buffalo team that I would say has a better roster from them from top to bottom, but the Jets just might have that advantage at the quarterback position, and I would argue they do have the advantage from a you know a talent and a passing perspective, certainly. But we've also seen Josh Allen do some damage against this defense somehow, some way. You know, he beat uh, he beat them in the second half of that game last year, which was you know mind numbing and really kind of spiraled the Jets' season uh, out of control. Along obviously what happened with Darnold's mono. Um, any other major dominoes you're looking to fall the rest of training camp or anything that you're keeping your eye on in particular? Uh, not really. Uh, I guess the one thing that I do think is interesting is that the first few practices, Marcus May has been used at strong safety a fair amount. So maybe one of the dominoes is that if Ashton Davis keeps showing off his range, we start to see a little bit of what we're going to look forward to with some three safety sets that we weren't so sure we were going to see with Jamal Adams not here anymore. That could be something if we keep seeing May get some play in the box. Uh, the Ngakwe thing, if it happens, obviously would be a domino, but I, I don't expect that to happen, although it would be exciting. Uh, really, the, the main thing that I'm looking for with this team is heading into the regular season. I want to see that the offensive line has started to at least had some semblance of gelling because obviously you've got four new starters there 
and that can often be a recipe for disaster early on. So I, I want to see them be able to put that together, and that would be a nice domino to fall, would be that offensive line starting to gel. And the other thing that I think we really need to see is uh, Denzel Mims. Hopefully that domino falls, and he actually starts to practice. When the injury was first reported, it seemed like it was going to be only a couple of days, and it still may not be that long. It may only be a few days, but you get a little bit worried once you don't hear all these concrete updates. So if he ends up not playing at the beginning of the year, for instance, or not doing much in training camp and having to go into the year cold, that could be something that could be worrisome because, as you said, then you might see Jeff Smith or Berrios or the immortal Chris Hogan getting a lot more reps. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think all Jet fans are – you know, wary about some of these like injuries after what happened with Mosley last year and what happened overall. And, you know, for a rookie receiver to hit the ground running is hard enough, uh, especially a mid round rookie. And it's just, it's asking a lot out of Sam Darnold to be, you know, making it work with a guy like Hogan, who was just signed, who, you know, really didn't do all that much last year. You know, he's not the guy he was four years ago, you know, for the Patriots. I mean, there's a reason he's a free agent at this point. So, you know, fingers crossed on Mims, a guy that I love his long-term potential, somewhat similar to Becton. I do think he could be a Kenny Galladay-type player in the NFL. I don't think it's going to happen year one, but I think he can get there uh, sooner rather than later. But we need him healthy. And this is a roster that, despite the work that's been done to it, is still pretty thin and cannot sustain, you know, one or two major injuries. And Adam Gase's teams, fair or unfair, have a way of regularly being injured a lot. And we're going to see whether that trend uh, you know, continues this year, despite the changes they made on the training staff. Obviously, we're dealing with unique circumstances as well with the pandemic. So an uneventful camp in many ways would be good uh, heading into the regular season, because I do think the AFC East is going to be tighter than it traditionally is. I still think New England's the favorite. Um, I think Cam will be good for them. I know they have a lot of people sitting out this season, but they get the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. And uh, they're still the best coach team in the division. And if Cam is the guy he was a few years ago, uh, I think they're still going to be tough to beat. Do I think they're going to win 12 or 13 games? No. But that might not be what it takes to win the AFC this year. AFC East, it might only be 9 or 10. So for the Jets, you just have to hope that they stay healthy and get a big division win early in the season, which is something they just haven't done in a really long time. You know, they had a big early season division game against Miami. In Darnold's rookie year at home, and they lost. They had week one at home against Buffalo last year, and they lost. They had Buffalo week one in 2017, and they lost. you got to win these early season division games and not put yourself in a hole. Um, and I think they'll probably go into that game as like a touchdown underdog. So a real good chance to make a statement early in the season uh, as we get a little closer to it. And look, maybe we'll be you know proven wrong about the trade market and a bigger domino will fall, but it does feel like this is a team that is loading up on assets to attack uh, next off season. Any final words or thoughts, Scott? Just I'm hoping that Darnold takes that leap. Becton gets some of the kinks out in training camp with Jenkins. The receiving core is better than we were expecting. I mean, we have heard good things about Perriman, so maybe he does better as the Robbie replacement. And if Mims can come back healthy, maybe they can surprise some people. I think this is really one of those seasons, Joe, where if absolutely everything goes the Jets' way, maybe they have a shot at the playoffs 
if it doesn't, we're probably looking at a regression from last year, at least record-wise, just because of the caliber of opponent that they're playing now. But I think that really everybody should have their expectations tempered and should be focusing on the young players and their development. Because I've said this many times, the record doesn't concern me as much as whether or not Darnold, Quinnen Williams, Denzel Mims, and Mekhi Becton, just off the top of my head, those four guys specifically stick out to me, whether those guys look like they're going to be the real deal for years to come. Because if they can show you that, even if the Jets don't win a lot of games this year, even if they only win six or seven, then you'll feel a lot better about where they're headed in 2021 and beyond. I agree. And, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out in these next few weeks. We'll be ramping up with our season preview content as everything gets closer. You need to make sure to subscribe to Play Like a Jet to get that daily update. You got to subscribe here, turn the Jets to get that weekly update and conversation and more of our mailbag episodes. And, of course, subscribe to Badlands at turnonthejets.podbean.com. Connor Rogers and I are going to have a 10-part series episode dropping every day for 10 straight days, breaking down all the Jets' positional groups, so you might as well just subscribe now. Scott, thank you for joining. Follow Scott on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. One of these days, we're just going to get him straight Play Like a Jet when it becomes available. Um, and beyond that, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will be back with a new episode next week.